I want to give a special shout out to the team at CastSource. They have made my dreams come true for this podcast and they can make yours as well. If you have any aspirations of hosting your own podcast, talk to my guy, Eric. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz, K-A-Z. He is all about giving people a platform and letting their voice be heard. So reach out and you won't regret it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Players Podcast, where I am here for all of you past, present, and future players. This is a place where we keep it real and hear from athletes on who they are beneath the jersey and off the field. Without further ado, I am Sydney Supley. I am your host. From the Players is presented by Sports Entrepreneur and part of the Cast Source Podcast Network. Welcome back to From the Players Podcast. Today, I have with me the one and only who put the nation on watch after her terrific freshman campaign, posting a 0.57 ERA, 17-win season, and 218 strikeouts, all while helping lead her Stanford Cardinals make it to the Women College World Series semifinals. Nigeri, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It is our pleasure. I have to say, speaking on behalf of thousands of people, we absolutely loved watching your freshman campaign. I mean, it was absolutely stellar. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely exciting. Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) And I'm curious now that you're a few months out of season and it's been the summer, like, has it really sunk into you? Like, wow, I just did that in my first year. A little bit, yeah. So my dad likes to like rewatch all of the games. That's what he does in his spare time. So I don't know, <laughs> playing the game is one thing, but then like watching it on TV is a totally different thing. Cause then like, I don't know, you get to see yourself play. And of course, like we watch film and everything, but just seeing it like on ESPN and everything, I don't know, like just looking at it and thinking, oh, like I actually played there. Like people can rewatch these games. It's incredible. I love that he does that. And you join part with him and we're watching the games. And I'm sure, especially when you look back at the Women's College World Series, I mean, for any of us who have ever played softball, like that was our dream. You know, we looked forward to every year around that time of year, just being glued to the television. Yeah. And what did it mean for you to kind of live out your childhood dream? And then I'm sure to go back and watch it with your dad on your couch on TV. Yeah, it was amazing. Like you said, every college softball player, like growing up, that's always the dream. That's the goal. So just being able to do that, finally, it was it was amazing. And to do it in my freshman year, too. So now I have three years of wanting to get back to that stage. I have to ask, what do you think it was that made you so dominant just from day one stepping in? Because, you know, a lot of times, especially as a pitcher, you need a few innings just to kind of get your feet under you. But from day one, you were dominant with the best of the best. What do you think it was? Honestly, I owe it all to my teammates and my coaches. And honestly, instead of all of the freshmen like stepping on campus, the upperclassmen and our coaches kind of just embraced us into this family. So it's 10 times easier to play when, like when you have that just family and community behind you. So I owe it all to them. We're sophomores now, but we're trying to do the same thing and embrace our freshmen already before we even get on campus. Just trying to like, just trying to embrace them into the same family culture we have. How big was that culture 
especially towards postseason, you know, when games get bigger, the crowds get louder. How much did you see that really pay off what you talked about in fall, just kind of develop and blossom and then shine come postseason? Yes, it was everything. Like once you get to a big, like, I feel like it's they're saying like, it's the biggest show on dirt. Like, so just to, I don't know, like you could have a mistake here and there and just know like your teammates have your back. And we had this whole, the whole fall and even preseason to like just build this trust we had between us as like teammates and coaches. So it was, it was amazing to see it all pay off. The biggest show on dirt. I love that line. (laughs) And it is so true. And the neatest thing is that with every year, our sport is only continuing to grow. And it's so exciting for me to think about what the sport will be like when it's your senior year. Yes, exactly. We had a session one record for, I want to say almost 13,000 people. So that was incredible just to be a part of history in the making. 100%. And then you guys go and you play Oklahoma, who historically just based off a location draws, you know, a crazy electric crowd. And I want to know, like, what was your mindset when you're on that mound? You know, the crowd's rocking around you. It's Oklahoma. And it never felt like it phased you, at least from a viewer standpoint. Thank you. Yeah. I remember my first time. I mean, it was our first game, my first time in the Women's College World Series, our first game there since 2004. And I was called to pitch. So I'm always a little nervous before games. I feel like every pitcher is just, it doesn't matter if we're playing at Stanford or at the World Series. Like I always just have those butterflies. And I remember just walking out and I kind of like looked around. I was like, geez, like that's a lot of people. (laughs) And then I later found out there was 13,000 people. (laughs) But yeah, I was definitely nervous. But Honestly, after I throw those first couple pitches and warm-ups, like all the butterflies kind of release and I feel better. And then honestly, like once the first batter of the game came up, I don't know, the crowd kind of like disappears. So you don't, I don't know, you don't see the crowd as much. And then like I watch it again on like TV or like I'll watch other games on TV. I remember when we'd be at the hotel, we'd watch like the other teams play and I'd just sit there and look and I'd be like, geez, like that's a lot of people watching. But Yeah, it never really feels like that many when you're, I don't know, like in the moment. Mm -hmm. You almost become so tunnel vision to the job that you have to get done. Because at the end of the day, like the game hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know as you're going back and you're watching your games, like there's this certain fire about you that I like absolutely adore. I mean, when you're like fist pumping (laughs) after a strikeout, I'm like, that fires me up as another pitcher because I love people who have passion. And I guess I want to know, like, where does this fire come from inside of you? Yeah, I feel like I'm always, like, just a competitive person. Honestly, I feel like it ties back to basketball. I played basketball a lot growing up, and I was always competitive there. And, I don't know, basketball's just such a competitive game. Like, I don't know, I feel like softball, like, the two teams are always kind of, like, separate, if that makes sense. Like, there's always an offense and a defense. But basketball, like, you're guarding one person, and, like, that one person just on you like the whole game. So like, I don't know, there's some smack talk in basketball. Like this is how it goes. Do you bring the smack talk to the field in softball? Not smack talk, no, but I do get, <laughs> I definitely get like excited. So it definitely comes from basketball and just, I don't know, that just like competitive nature. And yeah, I feel like it just translated into softball, especially in college when the stakes are higher. You know, I've been able to have some people on the podcast before who have played at the Women's College World Series. And I think it's like really neat to kind of describe it for a lot of people who 
watch it on TV, but what would you say were maybe some of the things you didn't expect that you really enjoyed like off the field or what's something like no one who's watching the games would really expect about the Women's College World Series that you found to be really fun and interesting? Honestly, I want to say when right before we got there or kind of like when we were first getting there, we just did like a lot of media and press stuff. And of course, like, I don't know, like I knew it happened, but just going through it and how long it like took and all of like the steps and processes we had to go through. Like, I don't know, that was cool. Like doing all the media shots. Like, I don't know, you don't really think about that when you're just watching the World Series. You just, I don't know, watch the softball games. But there's just so many like parts and pieces that go into it. Actually, since we're a Nike school, Nike had this whole like kind of celebration for us and all the other Nike teams. So they gave us a bunch of like gear and clothes and swag. So all that was cool. And I, I don't know, like there was so many like people working, they put it together and it was just, it was amazing. That's so neat. And it's like you said, it's funny when you see all the people that it takes to put together an event like there is, it just makes you realize like the hundreds of hands that made these games to be on air possible. And I love what you said about the media day, because I think the media day is one of the most like fun days of being a part of the process where you can get all glammed up, but really just like you can tell your team's story. And I feel like your team had such an incredible story. You mentioned it earlier. It was the first time since 2004 that Stanford made it back to the Women's College World Series. And how much pride do you take in bringing your program back to Oklahoma City? A lot, honestly. Like so many alumni were reaching out and they were all just excited as we were to get back. And yeah, just to see the community come together. It was it was amazing. That's special. And I know I mentioned it to you earlier, being a player at Northwestern, I feel like the only other school that really feels like really understands what we go through is Stanford. <laughs> so, you know, we're constantly like watching you guys, supporting you because I feel like nobody really understands kind of that grind where we're trying to be the best on the field, but we're also trying to be the best in the classroom. Yes. And that's something like we are just really, you know, proud of and kind of what was your experience that like in your first year balancing the classroom, balancing the field, like it can be a lot at times too. Yes, it can be. And I feel like that's not talked about enough also. But coming in, it was definitely like a challenge. I feel like all college freshmen, there's kind of this like transition period just where you're getting used to like weights almost every morning then class and then practice after school and then yeah just the academics of northwestern stanford that i feel like that's definitely like just another step but i don't know eventually once you kind of get your footing and like figure out okay like this is how things go i feel like it definitely gets easier as time goes and again i credit that to our upper class and they just really helped us get situated and everything so we're definitely trying to do that to the freshmen coming in well, your freshmen coming in are very lucky to have you guys and can be able to continue that. But would you say that there was a defining moment kind of in your first year that maybe was like a really important lesson that you learned or just like even a moment where you're like, hey, like I belong here. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. Honestly, I want to say when I think it was one of our first couple of tournaments, we played at Georgia. And I remember A.B. pitched the first game, pitched amazingly. And we played two games against Georgia, and I pitched the second game. And that was, like, the first ranked team I would pitch against. And, like, Georgia's just this powerhouse on, like, offensively. So just going in, I remember, okay, like, if I belong here, like, this is the game that's going to tell me. Like, Georgia has all this power offensively. Like, they're an amazing team. 
through and through. So I just remember thinking, like, if you belong here, like, this will be the game to tell you. So, well, what happened in the game? I need to know. How did the game go? <laughs> yeah, we ended up winning. I want to say we won one or two to zero. So it was a okay. really close game. And actually, I remember my first my first batter against them. I hit her in the hand, and that yeah, that started off the game. But. <laughs> With how hard you throw, I can only yeah. imagine the pain. <laughs> yeah, after that, definitely some jitters there. They all started to kind of work themselves out. And then, yeah, we ended up winning. And I feel like after that game, I knew I belonged. And you do belong. Absolutely. Do you have any advice for maybe a player who is searching for that feeling? Like you kind of were in that game. Like, do I belong here? What advice can you give them to you know, be able to navigate the butterflies you talked about earlier or the jitters or really just give them confidence to say that, hey, go out there like you do belong even before you know you belong. Yeah, honestly, just keep working on it and keep pushing. Like I think back on it, like even if that game wouldn't have gone the way I wanted it to go, I still could have had like the season I had. So definitely just learning like one game doesn't define you at all. And I feel like everyone thinks like, I don't know, some people think that one player has it all together or one player's like perfect and has nothing else to work on. But in reality, like we're all trying to get better. There's all, there's always something to improve on. Like there's always something to get better at and just keep tipping away. Mm-hmm. I love that mindset that one game doesn't define you because I think especially as pitchers, it's, you can break it up to so much of like that batter, that pitch, you know, maybe you yeah. gave up a home run and it's like the second you try to let it define you is when you already lose. And it's just like always having to have that like short mentality, that short mindset. Is that something you've always had or is that something you've had to develop over time? Something I've had to develop and something honestly I'm still working on. I look back on like certain games, certain batters and think, I don't just think I should have done something differently. But in reality, like, like I just said, like nothing, not one pitch defines who you are. I can tell that you are so hungry for so much more. <laughs> Even after, you know, you accomplished more in one season that most people do in their careers, which is incredible. Thank so I'm you. kind of curious, of course, like you deserve all your flowers. And moving forward, like with that, I hear that hungerness in your voice. Like, what are some of your next goals? Like, what are you focusing on this off season for next season? Yeah, just to get better, honestly, like, I don't know, my first year, like, I was a little homesick, I'm not going to lie. But now, like, I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to start practicing again. I want season to be here already. Oh, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm <laughs> tired of the break. But I'm definitely ready for February and March to come back so we can start playing again. That's awesome. And you mentioned a little earlier that I kind of wanted to talk more about is it seems like you have a very special relationship with your dad. And being back home with him right now, like kind of how has that really played a big impact in your softball career? A lot, actually. He was my first catcher, actually. He actually still catches me to this day. So I'm going to pitch a little bit later on. I am impressed. He still stays back there. Yes, he's still no mask, no gear whatsoever. Sometimes he's in like his sandals. So, Oh my goodness. We'll see. (laughs) With your rise ball? Like, that guy's got to get a mask. Oh, poor dad. Come on. (laughs) He said it's easier to catch me now sometimes just because, like, I have a a little more control than I did when I was younger. So he can kind of gauge where the ball will be. 
Wow. So he's been your catcher throughout your entire career. Mm -hmm. And how has he been your rock through, you know, all the highs and lows that this game can really bring on? Yeah, honestly, like, I wouldn't be here without him or or my mom, honestly. Like, just taking me to travel ball tournaments left and right to get seen by the Stanford coaches. I remember my dad didn't have a Father's Day at home until... Literally, like a Father's Day and his birthday is in July. So he didn't have a Father's Day or a birthday, not at the ballpark in so long, just because I don't know, you know how it is. Like it's just traveling, traveling, traveling. And I don't know, like they made so many sacrifices for me. And I like I'm so appreciative. Yeah. It really takes a village, especially with what we do and the amount of travel ball tournaments, you know, we all played in to get seen and to get to the next level. But I also feel like you look at those moments now and it's like those long drives in the car are really times you were able to bond with your parents that Mm -hmm. maybe if you, I don't want to say had a normal childhood, but had a childhood without athletics, you know, maybe you're off with friends and they're at work, but because you both are in a car for how many hours going to a tournament, like you're spending so much time together than you might not have. Exactly. Yes. And then I spend... Like with pitching and hitting too, like I spend so much time with my dad just training every day that, yeah, I think like, I don't know what what I do at this time. Like if I wasn't just, I don't know, getting ready for the next season. Yeah. We're all like softballs are life. What else is there? (laughs) I would love to know what the moment was like and the words exchange between your parents and you after you found out that you punched your ticket to the Women's College World Series. Yeah, so my dad actually went at Super Regionals. My dad went to do that, actually. And he was so happy. He was trying to steal my, like, Super Regionals hat that we got. <laughs> but it was funny. He's a big hat dude, so he was trying, oh. to, trying to steal my hat. But, yeah, they were all just so proud. And, like, that was the goal all season, just to get back to the World Series. And then once we were there, I'm from Topeka, Kansas. So my house, like, we're literally, like, three and a half hours from... Oklahoma City. So my whole family drove down. They actually brought Cola, who she's in the room right now. Oh, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, so she drove down. And so many people from my hometown just came to support me. So it was pretty cool. That makes the journey even more special. And with being so close, did you go to Women's College World Series before this year, like just as a fan? No, not really. I remember we were always... I always had either like some high school ball or travel ball mm-hmm. when we starting up a little bit. But no, so my first time ever there was playing in it. <laughs> I think that was a pretty good first time. Yeah. <laughs> Have you talked to kind of your team and everything like this off season? Like, obviously you're re- incredibly proud, but I can hear already like you're talking about how you're integrating the freshmen. Have you guys already set kind of like your sights on where you want to end next season? Yes. Knock on wood, but definitely the same spot we ended this year. Like, just to get back to Oklahoma City and then even to win it this next year. I feel like that's always the goal. So just to just to see how we can keep growing and develop to try to get there. When people see Stanford softball and, you know, now you've brought them back on the map and I know you're going to work your hardest to keep them on the map, but what do you want the first thing to be when people think of Stanford softball? Just that never count anyone out. I feel like so many times, like other schools and I don't know, other like teams, other people just doubted us saying we couldn't get back to the World Series. We really wanted the top eight seed, actually. And then we didn't get top eight. We got top nine. So we just took that and 
just tried to run with it and just prove everyone wrong and prove that we deserve to be there. It almost like seems like it really like lit a fire in you guys. Because I remember, you know, we were at obviously watching the seating at the same time as you guys. And I know we were all shocked and <laughs> it can feel like a slap in the face. But like, how were you guys able to take it personally in a way that was going to mm -hmm. only fuel the fire? Exactly. Yeah. I feel like at first we were all a little disappointed, but then afterwards, looking back at it, like we plan on being in the Women's College World Series anyway. So I don't know. Did we have a little longer of a plane ride? Yes. But I don't know. No matter where we went or where we played at, we just had the mindset like we're going to win. We actually at Duke, there was this big like, I don't know, there was like a storm coming in. So they moved the game up. We played at nine that time, which was, I don't know, like 6 a.m. Pacific time. So yeah, I remember we all got up at like 3 a.m. Pacific time. And honestly, looking back on it, none of us were really that tired. We went back after the game. We all like took a good nap, but we were all just excited. <laughs> how did you make it to the World Series? Oh, I took a nap. That's how I celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is crazy. Okay, so what time did you guys go to bed if you were getting up 3.30 Pacific time, which is your normal time? Yeah, we actually took some melatonin and everything and just phones down and just laid there. I got some like melatonin spikes spray actually that I spread on my pillow. That really helped. Dr. Teal's guys, that, that helped. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> but, I mean, what a story, whatever it takes, right? Exactly. Exactly. And looking back on it, like we weren't even tired. Like we were just ready to, like we were all excited. We were, I don't know, in the dugout screaming and I don't know. I didn't know what to expect that morning, but we were all up and ready to go. <laughs> there was not one yawn. So I remember getting the notification that a game time has moved and looking on it and being like, oh, clearly ESPN made a mistake. Like this isn't the time the game is actually being played. Yeah. Uh, I'm dying to know all season long, I saw you guys with a cowboy hat. Like that was your team's thing. What's the story behind the cowboy hat? Yes, the Ushka hats. So I want to say it was before I got in. So two years ago, the team just needed something to get I don't know, like their momentum going again. And it was the pink cowboy hat. So they carried those on. And yeah, they're just kind of our like rally caps, our pink cowboy hats. So whenever we need like a rally going or we feel like a rally's getting going, we just, we just throw on those hats. I love it. The pink cowboy hats. Those are the, the secret sauce apparently for you guys. Exactly. Yeah. And we have a couple engineers on our team. So we make hats with like the, Gatorade slash Powerade cups. Kylie Chung, she's the mastermind behind it all, but she does a really good job of making all of those. Let me say, I just love, it's like such a flex, like, oh, the few engineers on our team. Yeah. Like that is Stanford softball at its finest. And yeah. like, I love that. <laughs> yes. I don't know how they pull it off, but they do. And that's what makes it even more impressive. Yes. But I'm curious. So you are also a part of Team USA. Have you guys been playing this summer? Do you have any upcoming trips? And like, what does that mean for you too to wear Team USA across your chest? Yeah, so we're flying out next week actually to go to Japan. And we'll play in three different cities there. And we'll play, yeah, the Japan national team three different times in like three different cities. So that'll be cool. I just got a huge box in today that I've kind of started going through. So it's just huge. It's filled with like all of our gear, clothes. I was bragging to my brother about the new shoes I got. But <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the box near? 
yeah, it's just over here. Do you want me to grab? I feel like we need to see it. We yeah, need to see a few yeah. items. Yeah. Okay, let me see. Oh. Like, stay tuned, all everyone. I'll be dropping the actual videos. So don't worry, you will be able to see this. I know you're only going to hear about the shoes from our vocal side, but you'll be able to see them, I promise. Okay, so here are a couple things. We got these shoes, which are pretty nice. Wow, very neat. Yes, a couple visors, hats. Love a good visor. All that Team USA gear, I love it. Yes. Nice book bag. Oh, that says USA softball yeah. right across the front. Another Nike. And there's, yeah, there's some clothes in here. And then, yeah, the uniforms, which are cool. But... Wow, that is beautiful. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so... When you put on that jersey, look at that. You have your last name on a Team USA jersey. Like, yes. I feel like that's like such a pinch me moment. Yes, exactly. Like, this has been a dream. Like, I'm playing for like Team USA. Like it's incredible. I haven't even looked. This is my first time looking at it. It just came in. I just opened it. And yeah, like it's a dream come true. Thank you for sharing that with us. Like this moment, the first time. I love it. Yes. (laughs) What is it like playing with players that you play just across the season, the best of the best from different colleges? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, there's so many amazing players from different parts of the country. So I'm excited to play with them. And yeah, to go to Japan, we'll be spending a lot of time together. So just get to know, like, different teams, how different teams do things and get to know different players. That's awesome. I cannot wait to follow you in Japan. (laughs) That will be so, so neat. But before we go, the last thing I want to talk about is... Who is Nija off the field? Like, what are your hobbies? What do you love to do? Yes, honestly. So I don't know if this counts or not, but I love just giving back. And I don't know, like the game of softball is giving me so much. So I love to do, like I do pitching lessons here. And I actually just host my first camp by myself. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It sold out in like four days, which is cool. But yeah, just giving back any way I can. The game of softball is giving me so much. Like, I'm going to Japan to play softball. Like, yeah. it's giving me so much. And this is literally, I feel like the minimum I can do to just kind of give back to the softball world. Is that kind of what you plan to do moving forward? I know you just hosted a camp. Is that something like you hope to continue? Is coaching in your future? Or you just know you love to give back through lessons? I think so. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I change career paths, I feel like, every day now. So nothing's ever set in stone, but I definitely love giving lessons and giving back. I've been giving like lessons for about two years now. So it just, I don't know, it's something I love. And I don't know, I feel like the girls love me too. I've had some girls for like two years since I've started. So just to be able to keep giving back and I don't know, their parents will always text me, hey, so-and-so did really good today. Like, thanks so much. And just things like that, that makes me love it. That's got to be the most rewarding feeling of being a pitching coach or somebody and then to hear that they had success in the game. Exactly. Yes. Especially starting out, like, I don't know. I know how to pitch a ball, but it's, I don't know. It's something different to like teach someone how to pitch a ball. So I don't know. Honestly, starting out, I didn't know if I'd be any good at it or not, but my girls have been, they've been pretty successful. So I think I'm pretty decent at it. Oh, I'm sure they absolutely love you. And you're right. It is so different to actually 
teach something that you kind of just naturally do a lot of the time, but that has probably only elevated your game because you're probably now more aware of what you do by actually having to explain it and teach somebody else. Exactly. Yes. I don't know. I'll say stuff to my pitching coach that, well, I'll say stuff to a girl that like my pitching coach says to me. And then it's like, oh, like that's what she's talking about. Like, don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely made me a better pitcher overall. So yes, I help these girls, but they're helping me just the same. For anyone listening who might not be in Kansas and can't come to your camps, but would love advice from you, what is one thing like you tell your girls that you work with that you could tell people listening to on this podcast? younger pitchers? Yes, honestly, just work. Just start with your like basic mechanics and then build up from there. I don't know, you hear of so many girls like learning a fastball and a changeup and then like just going to like a rise ball or a drop ball after that. Or I don't know, just like they won't have like sound mechanics, but they want to learn like a different pitch. So I just say like really make sure your foundations are solid before you kind of like jump into learning something more advanced just because it takes I don't know like it takes a while to just develop those other things and it can take I don't know it takes a while just to be like to one have your mechanics right and two to be like in the right mental space to learn something different I remember when I first started learning my rise ball I don't know like I had good mechanics but still it took me so long I remember I wanted to quit it for a second because it just it took me forever. Well, thank goodness you did not quit that. <laughs> yes, yes. I owe that to my pitching coach because I turned to her one day and I was like, can I just learn to drop on this point? Like, I'm, I'm just sick of this. But yeah, I feel like if you just stick to it and just keep chipping away, it gets better. That is, I think, so key, especially when you're younger. It's like everyone loves to see how many pitches they can learn. Exactly. But if you can just really master, like you said, a fastball, a changeup right away, mm-hmm. that can keep you dominant in the game for honestly a really good amount of time yes. as a younger player. And then when you're more developed, you're stronger. That's when you can add in, you know, those components of the rise ball and the drop ball and the curve and all of that. So I could not agree more. And I'm so excited for kind of this space and you've become such an ambassador for our sport. Like, Thank you. yes, absolutely. How do you want to leave the game better than you found it throughout your next three years, three and beyond? Yes. Like I said, just to keep giving back, honestly, like I want to, I want to meet as many young girls as possible and just pass on what I know as much as possible. So if I can just keep doing that, I know we'll have, and I know other players are doing like the same thing. So if we can all just keep like just giving back to softball, I know it'll be a much bigger sport. And we'll look back on this and just think like we kind of started it. People above us, like older than us started it too. So yeah, I'm just excited to see how the sport keeps growing. Well, I can tell you one thing. The game of softball is very lucky for the hands that it is in with you and all the other people who are working hard every day just to give back to the next generation. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Well, Nija, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Today, we were able to get a sneak peek of the Team USA gear for the very first time with you as well, which was so fun. And I cannot wait to watch you in Japan. But not only that, but just watch your career evolve. Like I said before, you've accomplished more in one year than anyone I know. And I think the sky is the limit for you. So good luck in everything moving forward. And thank you again for coming on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you. 
In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.